For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, and that you may be filled up with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all we can ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Father, please teach us. Please open our hearts, our minds, that we may understand this. But Father, we would be overwhelmed by it. But Father, we would embrace it fully in the power of your Spirit in our inner man. And that Father, each of us would long to reflect the person of Jesus Christ to your glory and praise. Amen. I shared with you that this section is a bridge between the first three chapters and the second three chapters. One of the things that I have witnessed in most of my Christian life is that a lot of people know what they're supposed to do, but very few Christians know the resources that they possess, what I call their position in Christ, who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, if you read through his letters, you'll find him using this phrase a lot because I think it just amazed him that we are in him. We are in Christ. And if you take it back to the fifth chapter of Romans, you'll see that we were joined with Christ. We are united with Christ. You cannot separate us from Christ. We're the same. So in this text, before he moves in to 4, 5, and 6 on how this looks on the exterior because of our position in Christ... He stops here and says, it's time to pray. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. This is one of the texts, and and I I see this to the Christian's detriment. We are so willing to tell people what to do and what not to do. But we're not, I don't know if we're ignorant or if we don't pay attention to it, but very seldom will we express to people what our position in Christ is. What resources are ours now? I'm not waiting to get to heaven to have the resources. I have the resources now. And some of it is, we don't know. I mean... 
That's one of the tragedies with uh, what I call topical preaching is you just take this one and you 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 take it and you're never really getting the full nuances of who you are, what you are. Why would he use a term like be born again? What the heck does that mean? Oh, that's what Nicodemus asked him. Why don't you get back in the womb? No. Start over. And yet a lot of people can tell you, well, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. You should do this. You should do that. Why? And, and that's one of the things that I see. That I see the Apostle Paul's passion is to take this before God. That the things that he has given in the first three chapters. And then he will move it in to our responses in chapter 4, 5, and 6. Okay? Beginning here, we see that He would grant to you according to the riches of His glory. Okay, what is the value of the riches of His glory? How much glory does He have? You can say it. All of it. Okay? He's not lacking. Okay? He would grant this to us, okay, what would he grant to us? The riches of his glory. Well, he started off, and we looked at this on the Spirit. That you be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man. Okay, that he would grant that to you. That you would be strengthened with Holy Spirit power in the inner man. Alright, I shared with you in the Greek text, this is what they call a henna purpose clause. Okay, a purpose clause is just what it sounds like. For this purpose, this statement. Okay, but it's in a henna form. And the reason that it's in a henna form is that this purpose produces this result. And that result produces this result. And that, there's five of them here. And so basically what has happened, you step one, then you take step two, then you take step three. And when you start looking at this, you all of a sudden dawns on you, yeah, we should probably pray about this one. Because this is out of human nature. It is not possible. You ain't got the ability. You ain't got the ability. What we started in is that he prayed... That the strengthening would come in the inner man. Okay? Why? So that Christ would be dwelling in you. And we would all say, well, Christ is in me, the hope of glory. I know that. No. The word dwelling there in the Greek, katakasai. And what it means to be completely comfortable. I shared with you a little book last week that I read years and years and years ago. My Heart, Christ's Home. And how Christ at your salvation starts taking inventory. And he comes in, the first thing he does is clean. He wants to go see what's in the library. What's in the library? What is it that you focus on? What is it the things that are on your mind? What are the things that you keep in your library that you expose yourself to? And the trash he throws out. Once he's got that dealt with, then he moves on down to the dining room. When he gets into the dining room, he says, what is it your, is your appetite? What is it you feed on? Okay. And once he gets done with the dining room, you'll realize that there's only one thing on the menu. Him and his word. 
Okay? Then you go to the living room. Okay, the living room is where we fellowship. It's where we communicate. It's where we hang out, hang out together. Right? But sometimes you can hang out with people and not even acknowledge that people are there, right? Suppose you've ever done that with Christ. So he wants to have fellowship. Then he goes on back to your workshop. And he wants to know what you're doing with your tools, your talents, your abilities, your capabilities. Are you using them for eternal things or are you using them for temporal? And then I shared last week that then he comes and he says, there's still an odor here. He says, what is that odor? And he points to the closet. He says, what's in the closet? I don't know about you guys, but I have a closet and it's my catch-all. When I don't want to do with it, I chuck it into the closet. Why? Then I close the door. Okay? And it's fixed. Okay? Our closets are that. It's the things that nobody sees. It's the things that are in there you don't want people to see. You just keep it closed. You don't worry about it. Okay? Then he cleans out the closets. Now he's comfortable. It's a a characteristic of women. I've shared this with you a couple of weeks ago. Women will come home and they'll want to clean so that they can relax. To me, that's a little strange, but women do that. They come home and they clean so they can relax. And you're like, well, won't you just relax? (laughs) But that's anyway, it's a long story. Maybe it's just personal. Okay. That's what Jesus wants. Jesus wants to commune with every believer. But he has to clean up the mess. And if he spends all of his time cleaning, he doesn't have time to commune. All right? Once that happens, once he is comfortable, once he is at home, he is at ease in every piece of the house, that results, that purpose clause results in being rooted and grounded in love. Okay? Now listen, I'm not the brightest bulb in the package, but I know everybody wants to be loved, wants to love, wants to know love, wants to experience love, wants to give love. They want to receive love. Everybody wants to enjoy love. Okay? Am I wrong? Okay. Just curious. You guys are like, what? Why would I want that? (laughs) No. Okay. Here's the key. Do you want to know love? Do you want love? Do you want to experience love? You want to give love? Receive it? Enjoy it? Do you want that? Then you need to take the steps to get you there. First, you have to be strengthened in the inner man. By the power of the living God in his personal spirit in every believer. And once that has happened, that you've been strengthened, then Christ will be at home. And when Christ is at home, guess what? There you go. See, when you have a strong inner man, which leads to Christ being comfortable, 
which leads to being rooted and grounded in love. You don't go to love and skip the first two. All right? You will never know love in your life until you have taken steps one and two. Listen, you can sit and tell me all day long that you know what it is, and then I'm going to ask you a really stupid question. If it's that easy for you to get a hold of, why did the Apostle Paul say, you need to pray about this? The love that I see, that I have watched humanity, believers and non, is that I love me and I really like the idea of what you can do for me. That's what we call love. Okay? When you are strengthened in the inner man, when Christ is actually comfortable in you, in you, that leads to miraculous love. Phantasmagorical love. Beyond human understanding. That's what it says. You will know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That inner strength granted by God to strengthen the inner man by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's power leads to Christ being comfortable, being at home. And that leads to a love that is beyond temporal understanding. Okay? Look at verse 19. To know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. That's beyond temporal understanding. Love that surpasses knowledge. That is the result of Christ's unrestricted access in the Christian's heart. And that will access His love. When Christ settles down in your life, He, this is so cool. When he is settled in your life, he will show his personality in and through you. That should freak you out. I mean, just think of that. I have been strengthened in an inner man, and Christ is so comfortable inside of me, what you start seeing as me is what? Christ. Hmm. Christ is seen if he controls. He's got to control the library. He's got to control... That's your thinking. He's got to control your thinking. He's got to control their dining area. Why? That's your appetite. What is it you hunger for? He's got to control the living room, your fellowship, your sharing, your discussions, your conversation, your workshop. He needs to take care of that. He's got to be in control of it. He uses all of our abilities, our talents and gifts and functions for His glory. And He has to have the closets. Then His nature dominates. Okay, now then, think about what I just said. Once he's comfortable, his nature dominates. Okay, what's his nature? Love. 
Very simple, very easy. That is the result of God's unrestrained access to the believer's heart. It is love. It is seen as love. When that is where you become rooted and grounded in his love. Look what he says there in verse 18. You may be able to comprehend with all of the saints. You know what they just told me there? When he's comfortable, that's when I will experience it. Okay? What will you experience it? Verse 19 says, that which passes knowledge. You can't even grasp it. You and I have, you know, I can say, well, this is agape, which means a self-sacrificing love, which is theologically exactly what it says. So, and you know what? You're clueless. You're clueless. So what? It's love. It's love. That Holy Spirit strengthening so katakasaid is at home. He's absolutely comfortable. And once that happens, it is experienced by you and me because I see the love of Christ manifest in you. Till you come to the place of yielding to the Holy Spirit, you'll never experience it. You can say it. You might even do a handful of good deeds a day. But you'll never experience it. When Christ settles down and is comfortable, then and only then, His love will pour through you. His love will dominate you. His love will be what you're rooted in. His love is what you will be grounded in. Paul understood that's his prayer for you and me. That we would know and manifest his love. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. That you love one another as I have loved you. How are you doing with that? Careful. Because i got about a month that I'll be teaching on what love is. Okay? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. Did you see that? It's a non-qualifier. Peter understood it. Peter was tested, remember? He denied him three times. Remember? Denied him three times. Jesus met him on the Sea of Galilee. He says, hey, Peter, do you agape me? See, Peter, not stupid. He says, you know I phileo you. You know what that means? My best friend. You know I phileo you. They ask him again. Peter? Do you agape me? Peter says, well, I know this. And he knows the heart. You know I phileo you. You know I phileo you. Third time he asked him, Jesus says, Peter, do you phileo me? 
Am I really your best friend? See? An unwavering love of the brethren, Peter knew. Peter was warned. Satan wants to sift you, dude. That's paraphrased. Okay? He wants to sift you. But don't worry. I've prayed for you. And guess what? When you have been restored. And that's when he asked him three times. Do you love me? Okay? So when Peter writes this, this ain't from some rank amateur's idea. Peter knew what he spoke of. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Above all. Okay, you got that? Above all. Keep fervent in your love for one another. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Love is vital to a Christian. Absolutely vital. Two weeks ago, during our prayer time, a statement was made. Do we love one another? If you can't love the body of Christ, you're pretty much useless. Okay? We are to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. Singular. Fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5. What is fruit of the Spirit? What's the first one? Love. I remember in the 60s and 70s when I was doing whatever it was I was, thought I was doing. And we'd all walk around smile at each other. And God is love. Which was synonym for, I'm God, do you love me? No, it's, that's basically what it was, but no one would have ever admitted to that. The first one is love. The rest of that comes out of what? Out of love. The fruit of Christ in you is what? Love that is from God. You know, and you can say, well, it's agape. It's, a, it's an attitude of selflessness. How are you doing with that? Considering others more important than yourselves? You do that? You get that done a lot? Attitude of unselfish sacrifice. You got to remember, 1 Corinthians 13, we went through this some time ago. Remember? It describes love. And you know what's amazing about it? It's a verb. It's all actions. Love is an act of selflessness. You can sit around and smile all day long and say, I am absolutely selfless. But if you're selfless, it should be seen. Because it is so lacking in our society. Now then, I want to get, make sure you get this. Love. Love is not, hear me well, it is not an emotion. Remember John 3.16? Everybody knows that? That's the football first. They hold it up behind the goalpost. Okay? God so loved the world that he felt emotional about it. Nope. God so loved the world that He gave the best that He had for it. 
See the difference? Okay, now you think you can walk out of here and do that? You can if you're strengthened in the inner man and Christ is comfortable in your life. Then you can. If any man love me, he will keep my word. You understand it? 1 John chapter 3. The ladies know this one, I'm sure. Beginning in verse 16. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. Okay, that's not an icky sentimentalism right there, buddy. You lay your life down. That we ought to do what? What does it say? Are you really, is that true? That can't be true. Somebody just wrote that in there. Is that real? We know love by this. Okay, Christ is love. He laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Okay, 17. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Okay, the word abide there, everybody gets kind of twisted up on it. It just remains. Whenever we read the word abide, just think remain. Verse 18. Little children, let us not love by word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. Okay, so do you got it now? You see, what I just showed you is that love is not an emotion. It is selflessness in a sacrificial sense. Meeting someone's need, serving someone, even dying for somebody. Greater love has no man than to feel really emotional about a friend. Nah, greater love has no man than to lay his life down for a friend. Okay, please understand the love that I'm going to talk about over the next month and month and a half is always, 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 always sacrificial. Okay? Selflessness uh, is always giving of self, serving, and knocking yourself out to do it. If we are ever going to know what it is to serve, to sacrifice, to give with unlimited generosity, it'll only be when we know the surpassing love of Christ. And we will only know the surpassing love of Christ when he is comfortable. When he is at home, when he is indwelling, when he is kata kasaid. He as one in communion with us. That will never happen until we experience the inner strengthening of the Spirit of God. And this is what is going to make the difference. 
in our ability to love and to love sacrificially. Brothers and sisters, I've known you guys for a long time. This is lacking. Got it? I know you guys expect me to beat around the bush or what? I'm just telling you, it's lacking. Which tells me Christ ain't comfortable. Okay? At a minimum. And if he ain't comfortable, that means what? You have a weak inner man. Once the Spirit of God takes over, Christ settles down and He is at home. And then we become rooted and grounded in the love that is His nature. His nature, that will become us. Have you ever experienced such a thing? It's, it's staggering, people. It is just flat out mind-numbing. Mind-numbing. When we realize our own sinfulness to start with, and then I, we confront and deal with that weakness, then we really walk in the Spirit. When we walk in the Spirit, we are strengthened by dwelling richly in His Word. And as that happens, Christ is comfortable. And Christ is at home in our lives. We'll be overwhelmed with a desire to serve. To serve. To give of self. Sacrificially. A desire to meet the needs. A desire to do things that I would not normally do. Rooted and grounded in love. And you experience it. And then in verse 18, he says, you will comprehend it. I like that word because it means I will completely understand it. Now think about what I'm saying. Love is always, 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 always sacrificial. Well, people will take advantage of you. (laughs) They nailed your king to a cross. You bet they're going to take advantage of you. But he didn't give you a qualifier. You love as I have loved. And I'm going to make it easy on you. I'm going to give you all the resources to do it. Yield. Listen. I am so sorry in this day and age. And I'm talking about the evangelical church community. That the majority don't comprehend this love. I will get all weepy on Easter and think, He raised from the grave. That's about the extent of it. He loved me so much, He hung on a cross for me. And that is about the extent of it. And listen, the majority can't comprehend this. You know why I know? I can say that emphatically. You know why? I don't see it. If I don't see it in the people, you're telling me, one, you're not strong in the inner man, and two, Christ ain't comfortable. It doesn't, I'm not saying you ain't saved. 
But I'm saying you are a miserable creature. I remember years ago, I'll be dating myself, an interview with Louis Armstrong. <laughs> I don't know. Who? Satchel. Anyway, and this guy was interviewing him. He says uh, he was a jazz trumpetist. And the guy interviewing him says, can you explain to me jazz? And he seen him sit there for a minute and he looked down, he looked up and he says, if I have to explain it to you, you don't have it. Okay. I also remember B.B. King. I don't know, you know, B.B. King. Because I think I hooked these two together for some reason. B.B. King is a blues guitarist. And they asked him, can you explain to me the blues? And he says, I can't explain it to you. You live it. That's the same thing with Christ's love. I can explain it to you. But if I have to explain it to you, you know what that means? You ain't got it. Okay? And as with the blues and B.B. King, if you've got it, then you, you live it. If you're asking about love, if I have to explain it to you, then know for sure you don't have it. If you've got it, you're not looking for an explanation. Because you know why? Verse 18, you comprehend it. You can't know it. You can comprehend it. But you only do that when you experience it. To say that I have a lot to say about this love. And the love that many think it is. Many think they comprehend it. Okay. But I can tell you this. I find that fascinating that we think we've got it figured out. And yet the Apostle Paul experienced it and knew that he needed to pray. You can have the information. Oh, yes, I have selfless love. And Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, it's sacrificial. No, that ain't it. He prays that the inner man be strengthened by the Spirit. And that would result and to Christ being completely comfortable and at home in us, and that He is settled down, and that will result in His love that overflows in our lives. Listen, that's a prayer of Jesus. Father, that they would love one another as I love you. I find that fascinating. Because I asked about this in Sunday school. That was Christ's prayer. That we would love as Christ loves the Father. Right here. That's Paul's prayer. That we would be rooted and grounded in love. Let me ask you. Is that your prayer? 
Have you ever actually prayed, God, let me love more? I did once, and he put some of the most miserable people on the planet in my life. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> you asked for it. Okay? Now everybody's like, well, I don't want that. <laughs> should try it. <laughs> You know what? It'll grow you. (laughs) Listen, it should be our prayers for this love that each and every one of us would be rooted and grounded and would be able to comprehend with all the saints. Not only will we experience it, then we will comprehend it and we'll see it and even be able to define it because we are living it. We'll know how it operates. That's exciting to think about if you're truly honest with yourself. I pray that each and every one of you and have been praying for months that you will take these steps. A couple weeks ago, I asked you to take this text and to pray this. Pray it every day. Okay? Did you? Did you pray it for yourself? Or were you just so sharing you prayed it for everybody else? Oh, I hope all them people get strengthened in the inner man and that old Jesus get really comfortable in their lives. Because, Lord, they need it. I can see them all get rooted and grounded and comprehend beyond the knowledge. Yes, sir. So God would do a exceedingly abundantly more in their lives. See how that works? Nah. I hope you're praying. What about the indwelling Christ? Is he at home? Is he comfortable? It's easy to check. What is your attitude? What is your thought process? Okay. What is your attitude and your thought process when you're at home? What is your attitude and your thought process when you're at work? How about this one? What is your attitude and your thinking process when you are out of sight and no one knows what you're actually doing? What does your thinking and your actions reflect? Is Christ at home? Comfortable. I mean, he's got his slippers on. You know, his baggy sweatpants. And he's kind of kicked back like this. We can just have a chit-chat. Have a cup of tea. Listen, if he is not, then know that you are not strengthened in the inner man. He is there by his grace because he saved you. But he, the question you have to ask each of us, and we don't need to say, well, you know, I was talking to my wife the other day and I know Christ ain't at home. Okay, because it's easy to do that. But has he settled down? Or is he just up cleaning all the time? Picking up all of your messes? 
Do you love him enough to let him be comfortable in your thinking processes and in your passions? Listen, we've been meeting every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. And I share a little something on prayer and then we pray. Okay, takes 45 minutes, half an hour, and we pray. We learn a little bit, 15, 20 minutes, and then we pray. Okay? Listen, people, when I look at this text, I can see instantly this is no small task. So it takes much prayer. Listen, Christ in us. What a wonderful, exciting mystery. Because Christ in us has the possibility of having a life filled with love. Over the next few weeks, I will delve into the breadth of and the length and the zenith that's the word height in the Greek the zenith and the depth of his love that surpasses knowledge Father I come before you the author and the finisher Lord thank you thank you you sealed us with your spirit Christ is in us I pray for each of us even those who ain't here that, Lord, we would all be strengthened in the inner man by the power of your Holy Spirit. And, Father, that Christ would be made comfortable as we yield to the leading of your Spirit. And then, Father, we would be rooted and grounded in a love that surpasses knowledge. Help us, Lord. This is mind-boggling. And yet, Father... You have shown me with Paul. Bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, and that you would grant to us, according to the riches of your glory, that strength and that power. To my King and my Savior, Amen.